Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Welcome to another edition of Leadership Matters, the show that aims to support the leadership development of current and future public and nonprofit leaders. Each episode is designed to inform leaders and inspire solutions. I'm Tom Wall, and I'll serve as the moderator of our discussion today. I work with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities and for the Strategic Change Initiative. We work together to help organizations to strengthen and transform themselves to assure a more successful future. With me today as our guest panelist is my good friend, Andre Howard, And today, Andre and I are very proud to have as our special guest, Claude Robinson, the Executive Vice President of External Affairs and Diversity at UCAN. Claude's very involved in many important community efforts in the Chicago area, and he's helping to spur discussions nationally around the important topic of advancing equity. Claude, it's great to have you with us today. Would you please introduce yourself to our listening audience? Yes, good good afternoon, everyone, and Tom, Andre, uh, good afternoon to you as well, and um, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to the conversation. We're looking forward to having the conversation with you, too. Claude, we found, Andre and I, that every leader that we interview has been on a journey to get to where they are. Could you please share some of the aspects of your journey with us? Where did you start? And what steps have you followed that have led to your current position as Executive Vice President of External Affairs and Diversity at UCAN? Sure. Um, I believe everyone has a purpose in life, um, who we are, um, who we're to become, and then what we're supposed to do. Um, I believe leadership is a a skill that can be learned, um, the ability to influence and then gain a following. So, and I believe what differentiates leaders um, beyond their styles and um, their approaches to leadership is their value system. So, um, and I think having a value system oftentimes guides the attitudes and behaviors that you have and then knowing um, what your purpose is. So I've always known um, about leadership and always wanted to be the best leader I could be. And um, in 2002, um, 2003, I think it really started to crystallize for me um, when I came up with a purpose in life, both my inner and outer purpose, and I I like sharing it with people um, because I think it's something that leaders should have. Um, My purpose is to serve and sacrifice, um, to benefit the whole, to accept no limitations on my potential or my possibilities and to consciously strive to resist the lower instincts of hatred, greed, violence, selfishness, or ego. Um, so my, me, me coming to UCAN, I've been here um, 23 years as of March 13th this year. Wow, congratulations. And, um, I, I see it as a, a calling more than a career or a job. So everything that I'm doing, I believe, fits squarely in, in my purpose. So um, here at UCAN, when we talk about um, the programs that we offer to, to youth, children, and families, and to the over 650 staff that we offer, um, we believe that our, our mission is what should guide us. Um, and one of the things that I've, I've led over that time is helping to build a substantive diversity, equity, and inclusion model um, that consists of nine tiers. Um, We have nine affinity groups here at UCAN. Um, We have a minority and progressive board of directors, um, a diversity advisory board. Um, We have an active diversity and inclusion committee, um, strong community engagement, and supplier diversity programming, and our community engagement and client services. Um, So one of our branding cornerstones is unrivaled diversity. So it it drives what we do. So it's kind of um, 
how how I got here um, is I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Outstanding. Well, you're also very involved in working with youth, and you have a well-deserved reputation as being a strong advocate for youth. You've been working to establish positive partnerships between youths and adults. Can you talk about your work with youths and what you've been doing to achieve these positive partnerships? Yeah, so um, I mean, we, if we're honest about ourselves as adults, um, we, we were all once children, and we all were shaped and um, formed certain life perspectives early on in childhood. And um, so I, I think in wor- working with young people, I always remember um, that I, w- I was once a child. And I think of the things that I um, enjoyed, the things that I needed and wanted at the same time. And then um, so that gives me the ability to also then empathize for young people uh, where, where they are, where they want to go, what's what's realistic, but more importantly, trying to help get them on a path that is um, their path um, and their their kind of their lot in life. And then another thing that I do with young people um, through programming or just in engaging with them is to make sure that as much as I can that they get subsidized. So if you think about an approach to young people is um, being able to relate to them in, in a credible way. Um, where you're relevant and you're authentic, but then also to remember you were once a child. That that gives you the ability to empathize with young people where they are. And this is young people across all all walks of life. Um, Here in Chicago, I've gotten the chance to work with young people across different socioeconomic and ethnic and gender, sexual orientation lines, and try and just meet their humanity. And then also subsidize. So, you know, if you, if you think a lot, a lot of times adults who are working with young people are doing so in the means that they're getting subsidized. They're getting paid to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try and make sure that anytime young people are, are in a position of um, leadership that they should get paid for it as well. So those, those are the things, um, and just I'm a kid at heart as well, just not wanting to live life fully, and I think that resonates with young people. Fantastic. You're also currently serving on the Alliance core team of the Advancing Equity Peer Exchange Group. Could you describe the work of that peer exchange group and share what your group is trying to accomplish? Yeah, so I was delighted um, over the years um, in speaking with um, Susan Dreyfus. Andre Howard, and then the leadership at the Alliance um, about the importance of um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and then the advancing equity um, dimension and pillar for the Alliance. And our initial discussions were, um, how how do we build this into um, a strategy or a platform or movement that is, is going to have an impact on the members in the organization. So one, one of the ideas was to, was to start to have this be more prominent at the annual conferences in the past and then to start having some peer exchange discussions about this. And then um, about a year and a half ago, the decision to have the core APEX team be a um, – a part of the alliance and a platform. So um, we sat, I remember, actually I do remember this, in, in Hollywood upstairs in a room and some of the thought leaders um, who are passionate about advancing equity um, said, hey, what do we think about starting this apex? And um, it was a fruitful conversation that led to the formalization of the apex group. Um, last we formalized Earlier this year in May in Milwaukee convened a two-day meeting to start to talk about what the, sh- the framework of the group would be and then some of the work that would happen. So we were able to um, meet each other, um, share ideas, and then come up with um, a value statement and then also impact the um, theory of change document that was going out. So um, it's an exciting group, a group that... Um, shares information um, and will have a big impact as we keep moving. So we're, we're new, 
Um, but we've planned out some really good things um, for the future. Outstanding. How will you be taking the message of advancing equity out to the members of the Alliance? Yeah, so that's a good question. As as we talk right now, um, there's a, a workforce summit in Tampa Bay um, taking place this this weekend, and um, members of the core Apex team that are there, that is the charge of some of the, the time there is to come up with um, when our official launch date our official launch date happened, but then what are some of the strategies um, moving forward of how we can move it across the organization, the membership? Um, and I can give you a, an example of Please. you know h- how we're looking to spread it and, and get a groundswell of support and impact. Um, I'm a part of another um, group called Equity in the Center. Um, it's made up of about 70 um, practitioners who are looking at racial equity as, as their focus. Um, it's made up of some prominent foundations across the country, um, other nonprofit groups and things. And they recently convened their final summit in Detroit and came up with an equity cycle, cycle and then a call to action um, document that they wanted to get out more. So I had some conversations with um, Andre Howard and then Dr. Norman and also Emily Merritt and said, you know, can we convene a call um, between the leaders of these two groups to start to share um, what we're doing and some of the direction and what could a partnership look like? So equity, equity in the center, um, is in process now of formalizing a publication and some um, white papers that they're going to launch in January. Um, but we've started to talk about what a um, partnership could look like between the two organizations. Outstanding. Well, that sounds like promising for the future. We have to take a short break right now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guest, Claude Robinson, the Executive Vice President for External Affairs and Diversity at UCAN. In the last segment, Claude was sharing his leadership journey, his work with UCAN, and his advocacy for youths, and his effort with the Alliance Advancing Equity Peer Exchange Group. Claude, some have said that we are in the best of times and the worst of times for introducing discussions around advancing equity. You introduce equity discussions all the time. What's been your experience? Why is this topic so difficult for us? So, um, about a month and a half ago, um, I was talking to our president and CEO, um, Zach Schrantz, and we were just in, in passing. And, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is top of mind and a normal part of the conversation here at UCAN. And we were just in passing, and I said to him, um, you know, uh, th- these times right now are, are pretty tenuous um, and America is losing ground and um, he said oh, I don't know about you know if we're losing ground or not um, he goes things are are, are pretty unstable or anything and um, time went by um, there are a number of things that happened and then the Charlottesville um, scenario happened and I, I was getting staff members um, come up to me as a diversity practitioner and just say, you know, are we going to make a statement about this or, or not? You know, this is a, it's really troublesome. It's bothering me. And um, I spoke to our executive team then and said, you know, I think we need to um, do something around this. And we, we set up what was called a, um, a liberation and listening dialogue uh, on race. And it was primarily to just to talk for staff to come and just talk and express how they're feeling and then what, what could we do together. Um, so our CEO, um, after the session, um, said, you know, wow, it, it's starting to make a little bit more sense to me, you know, uh, mm-hmm. of the importance of this and the importance of us making statements as, as leaders around issues of, of race, equity, um, and diversity. So, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me, um, the issue of diversity equity and inclusion, you know, it's about people, um, people's emotions, their feelings, beliefs, their attitudes, and then ultimately their, their behaviors. And it's emotionally charged most of the time. And a lot of times there's just cultural and gender um, clashes and people aren't hearing each other. People aren't connecting. So um, for, for us, it's important that we make this a, a staple where people can be honest and open about where they are on the journey. So, you know, it's going to be misperceptions. Um, you'll make mistakes and um, a lot of misunderstanding that, that takes place. Um, but my, the topic is difficult because of those things. Um, and my experience is, I would say, just uh, a number of emotions and um, feelings towards it. But ultimately, the the goal is to have people talking, listening, and trying to understand. So at least they're they're hurt. They're feeling like they've been hurt. Well, what questions should organizations in our field be asking? And what specific issues should organizations in our field be addressing? So um, the the questions... um, are, are many, um, but they should be customized to what your organization is is looking to accomplish through diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, where where are you trying to go? Um, so for for me, if I was to, you know, what what should organization organizations be addressing? Um, there there are a number of things. Um, what what does your board look like um, from a racial, gender, 
socioeconomic um, standpoint? What does it look like? Um, what does your leadership team or your C-suite look like? And you can go all the way down um, the line from that perspective. So for for UCAN, um, I mentioned unrivaled diversity being one of our branding cornerstones, um, but it, it has literally transformed our organization um, for staff and also for the clientele that we serve. So th- those those questions that could be asked is, how are managers um, and leaders managing and leveraging diversity, equity, and inclusion? Another question could be, um, what's the shadow of that prospective leader? How, how are they leading and how do their staff see that? And ultimately, from a, a ser- service to your population, how, how are your clientele or your, or your service population, how are they feeling? Do they believe that you, you understand them and that you have their best interests in mind? And then that helps your, your business all the way around. Yeah. When, when we began this, this interview in the first segment, we were talking about your journey and the journey that you've been on, specifically around learning leadership, as we all do. What I get asked most often is, what's the best first steps for an organization to take if they have not yet introduced the topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Do you have advice for folks who have not yet begun this journey? What are some good first steps that folks can take? So so the, fir- the first step is, um, how, how are you... Um, showing up to to your employees um, what what values do do they see that you hold um, as what's going to help your organization be successful and sustainable and and, and what's going to give you a, a brand differentiator with with other organizations so so the first step what could be um, just to do an employee engagement survey, um, speaking specifically to these areas. Um, you can, over the past, start really started getting serious about um, a substantive strategy in 2003. And um, our, one of our first steps was to create a cultural assessment uh, about 40 questions that we took across the enterprise and we wanted to audit ourselves and hear what employees were saying. And mm-hmm. at the same time, we added a couple of questions in our client satisfaction survey to hear what clients were saying as well. So once we got that data, um, we were able to create a strategy that was data-driven. So I, I would recommend um, doing something like that just so you can get a feel for what your staff are saying. Excellent. As you mentioned earlier in your conversations with your CEO, almost every day we, we hear reports that confirm that there's so much tension in our country and around the world that really center specifically on issues related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. What do you see as the core causes of this tension? Um, so uh, America um, in, it, in itself um, was built on, on domination. Um, the terminology of manifest destiny, um, the, the lone frontier, rugged individualism, and um, I believe a lot of those um, ideals are still in the fabric of this country. So there's a real tension between um, the lofty articles of the Declaration of Independence and the reality of how people are treated in in America. Um, And another thing would be the tension because of, of the understanding or lack thereof by many of how um, the dynamics of power operate in our country. Um, Hegemonic belief systems, um, and there's currently, and it's always existed, a body politic um, interested in preserving their power. And 
they'll do anything in their power to preserve that power um, to their benefit to maintain the status quo. Um, currently, what's, what's happening politically, I think, is to, to deconstruct uh, um, progress that was happening, um, to demonize those who are working towards equity and a fair um, country, and um, that's the battle for America right now. So, um, you know, when we talk about progress, um, it's seen as a threat. So I think that is the tension, and I don't think that it's a tension that is um, organic. I think that it's a um, tension because there are warring ideals for the soul of America. Very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. We have to take another short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Private equity firms have over $1 trillion to invest. They are the biggest funding source for growing companies. Why do they reject 98% of deals? How do you get the right deal for your company? Join Kevin Fechtmeyer and his partners on the Deal Team 6 to uncover the next winning deal and avoid the financial landmines. Deal Junkie, Cracking the Private Equity Code, is broadcast live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America. The Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guest, Claude Robinson, the Executive Vice President of External Affairs and Diversity at UCAN. In the last segment, Claude was offering some specific suggestions on how we can introduce discussions around advancing equity. In this third segment, we usually turn the interview over to Andre Howard to discuss some aspects of leadership specifically as it relates to a unique dimension of the special guest that we have. Andre, it's all yours. Take it away. All right. Thank you so much, Tom, and thank you, Claude, for being part of this uh, afternoon session. Hey, look, I want to ask a few questions, um, kind of a little bit derivative uh, of leadership, but I think play very important in terms of understanding leadership. You guys have recently opened up a brand new building in the heart of community. And talk about real leadership, it takes leaders to really understand the importance of that. Could you talk about the significance of that 
building being in that space? Why was it so important to to to, to build uh, there within the community, the community that you're serving, and what that has meant not only for uh, the community constituents within the communities, but what it's meant for you and other leaders within the organization itself? Sure. Um, so in 2014, um, we began construction of a $42 million um, campus construction project, um, a therapeutic youth home um, where we can house 70 youth um, who are part of the child welfare system and um, our corporate headquarters. And starting out the project, um, we chose this neighborhood in particular um, because we wanted to be a add, add value to the community. This community in Chicago, North Lawndale, um, was the community that was burned down when um, Dr. Martin Luther King um, was assassinated in the late 60s. So if you think about the Watts riots and things like that, this community was a community that was um, burned down and has struggled to um, revitalize itself. Um, the population um, dispersion um, is, is about 50% less than, than it is now. Um, but there's a sense of real pride here, um, and the community wants to do better, and we wanted to be a part of helping to revitalize the community. So not only from all of our programs that we have, but what was the economic impact um, and the labor impact we could have in the community. So we set some lofty um, minority business enterprise and women's business enterprise goals. Here in Chicago, um, anytime there's a, a union job or union construction project, um, the city has uh, minority participation numbers of 24% MBE and 4% WBE. Um, this year, they went up to 26 and 6. Um, so as an organization, uh, we think that's ridiculous. Um, and set a goal of minimum 50% MBE, WBE for the project. Um, and we were um, blessed um, to accomplish and exceed that goal. Um, we hit a 60.3% MBE, WBE, um, which came out to about $23 million um, that went to minority and women-owned businesses. And um, we also had an aggressive community hiring goal of um, 39 people from the community, either construction or non-construction jobs, um, and we were able to hit 59. Um, so re real impact, real dollars um, going into into the community, and um, we have a, a real focus on hyper-local spending as an organization. Uh, what a lot of people don't know um, is that supplier diversity um, started uh, in the civil rights. It started because of civil rights back in the um, 60s. Um, there was a lot of pressure um, on government officials and um, businesses from the civil rights leaders um, to improve um, the quality and resources for um, businesses of color. So we saw that again, as a way for us to come into the community um, the right way and to build and involve residents and businesses here. So that, that would be the significance of it. And because of that, and this is what I was talking about before, um, the business aspect of diversity, <clears throat> we've been recognized um, for the project of the year by the Federation of Women Contractors. Um, we were a finalist um, with the Chicago Builders Congress um, and then received a couple of awards from Neighborhood Housing Services for being a community um, asset and then also the Chicago Neighborhood Development Awards um, for our design and our construction of the campus. So. Um, that wasn't necessarily a goal, um, but if you're able to um, do diversity, equity, and inclusion work in, in a meaningful and an authentic way, um, people see it and they recognize it, and it helps you as an organization. Wow, that's powerful, Claude. That's powerful. So continuing on that, I mean, I think, you know, it's wonderful work you folks do uh, within the community, and, and just having that 
place, that building in community where community is being served is a powerful statement. I'm often, you know, um, faced with trying to answer the question, give me a business case for DEI. You started to allude to some of that. Um, You know, why should we be spending our time on DEI? I've got to worry about keeping my doors open because we've just lost a major funder. I've got to make sure I make payroll. I really don't have resources or time to invest in a DEI. What's the business case we should be communicating to leaders within these organizations that say DEI is just as important as a funder, as a foundation dollar? I mean, what would your response be to that? Yeah, so um, in the in the diversity um, and inclusion space right now, um, that's not even a um, a real topic anymore. Um, that mm-hmm. the business case was something maybe ten years ago um, that was top of mind, um, but most businesses, um, whether through compliance or they see an opportunity, have started to um, embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- you, you want to bring in um, the best talent possible, uh, meaning employees that are, are engaged and that love your mission and will do everything they can so that the agency succeeds and they're not just there, um, RI, what I call RIP, um, retired in place at, at your organization. So the the opportunity um, for for employee engagement, um, for staff morale, for meaningful relationships at work, all of that comes um, through a culture, and, and leadership sets that culture. And what diversity, equity, and inclusion allows, if managed um, correctly, is for people to come and, and feel like they can be themselves, and then they can just do their work. And oftentimes, uh, I just read a a Gallup poll that said about 29% of the workforce is is fully engaged. Now, if if that doesn't um, inspire or challenge leadership to to look at what their environment is like, um, then maybe they should go out of business. so, but because you're spending so much of your time at work as a leader, why wouldn't you want it to be an affirming and encouraging and, and inspiring and then like a, a performance-driven environment? So, so that would be one ideal. Um, the other one is to, to actually try and see what, what your reputation is in the various communities that, that you, you're in. You know, what, what do your clients really feel? Um, what's the productivity of the programs that you have? Are, are staff and young people just going through the motions? Or are they passionate about it? And then also then the community that you're in. I, I often ask um, nonprofit groups, you know, do you know um, your reputation in your respective community? What what does the community think? And most people don't have metrics to to explain that. So those are are tangible ways, um, along with most of the contracts that are coming along now, um, are asking questions around, you know, what's your community impact? And then also, um, what's your supplier diversity spend? A lot of the government um, offices are asking those questions. And if you got to scramble around to find those, um, instead of having this be a normal part of your business, you, you probably are going to lose contracts to organizations that, that understand it and get it and that are already scoring touchdowns while you're still in the locker room. <laughs> Very powerful, yeah. Thank you, Clark. That's excellent. Uh, so you, the other piece that I'm often facing challenge with, too, is, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, seeing leaders within the nonprofit human serving sector uh, are, don't have persons of color within the ranks, right? And so the question yes. I'm often asked is, as well, is what do you expect me to do um, if I've got 95% um, white uh, senior leaders in my organization? How am I supposed to create pathways to create this equitable, diverse 
workforce that you keep talking about? I mean, how does that happen? Is that a process? What is the pathway? I mean, how do I start to make that kind of shift, that change happen if, you know, I'm at 95% white leadership and, you know, I know I serve 95% persons of color in our programs and services, you know, how am I to make a shift in terms of making sure my workforce is reflective of those I'm serving? Uh, is it really that important? And if it is, how do I start to, to make those pathways happen? Any insight around yeah. that? Sure. Um, so the, the first thing is that um, you, you don't want to have a, um, a token board. Mm. where you're doing this just so you have the diversity optics um, and and you can say, hey, we checked the box. This is how we look. We have one African-American. We have one Asian-American. We have one Hispanic-Latino. We're good. Um, that That's not uh, a good practice. Right. So my, my, my focus uh, on, for us um, at UCAN, is to make sure that our, our board is... Um, progressive and diverse. Um, And it's not just to say that we have all all these different um, societal designations. Um, How you go about um, managing that and how you go about sourcing is by getting outside of your normal spaces. Um, It's a terminology called stop fishing in the same pond. Um, Go somewhere somewhere else and and you'll find uh, something different. So for us currently right now at UCAN, um, we are prospecting and we know some of our pain points as it relates to our board of directors. So one of the ways that we get at that is we have a governing board. We also have a board development committee. And then we also have a diversity advisory board that's wow. made up of outside um, professionals in the DNI space. So all three of those groups are working to make sure that we look like um, we, we say we want to be. And we're working to try and have our board reflect our staff and also reflect our service population. Those are the guidelines for us as, as we go forward. We have to take another short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guest, Claude Robinson, the Executive Vice President for External Affairs and Diversity at UCAN. In the last segment, Andre was talking with Claude about UCAN's exciting community redevelopment efforts and real-life ways to advance diversity, equity, and inclusion in the real world. Now, in this next segment, the final segment, we usually like to offer an opportunity to our special guests to offer some advice to other leaders in the field. Claude, what advice can you offer for leaders in our field who want to begin to address the important topics of diversity, equity, inclusion within their organizations? Sure. Um, You know, if if you're serious about... um, a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy, advancing equity, and making it a part of your organization, um, one of the first things you should do is hire a diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioner. Um, and I would suggest that they're outside of the human resource realm um, so that then you have human resources, but then you also have this diversity practitioner who can work in conjunction with them to make sure you can carry it across the um, enterprise. Um, You need to resource them um, with the budget and then the um, accountability that they need in order to carry the success of the model. Most diversity and inclusion leaders, um, they don't own the functional areas that they are tasked with changing. So for me in particular, I have to work in conjunction with our various leaders across the agency and their respective departments in order to um, make our our model a success. Um, it's, it's hard for me. It's a delicate dance. You know, if I go into a department and I don't want to necessarily tell them how they should be doing something, I want to work in partnership or in tandem with them so that it's successful. Um, the other thing would be to set meaning, meaningful and measurable DNI goals for for your organization, um, and that would be across the entire agency. You don't have to do everything at once, but you want to start somewhere, and you would have goals, and then encourage and empower that diversity practitioner. So, for instance, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was just thinking about other practitioners in government, in corporate, in nonprofit, and um, I was like, wow. I go, I'm going to just invite everybody to lunch, you know, with no real strong agenda of learning and things like that. But for all of us just to get together, and some of these folks didn't know each other, um, but also that they can introduce each other. So that then you have a, a network because oftentimes um, you're in office of one and or two maybe. And um, it's good to have like-minded people in different industries, but trying to lead these initiatives in their organization. And afterwards, um, and I, I knew some of them better than others, but everybody was like, we need to do this more often. You know, this mm-hmm. is so refreshing to, to be together. So I, I would encourage those things and ask folks to consider that. Outstanding. Very good. We, we also like to ask our guests to share a mistake that they made that helped them to learn something very important that they probably wouldn't have learned without having made that mistake. Claude, would you be willing to share a mistake like that that you made with us? Oh, sure. Um, it, I mentioned earlier in the segment that, you know, with emotions and feelings, attitudes and beliefs, that you're going to have um, misperceptions, misunderstandings. 
and you're going to make a lot of mistakes um, in the diversity space. So one for me, um, probably or two years ago, um, I was speaking with the chair of our diversity advisory board, and I was um, really upset because I was having um, problems with two leaders who had prominent functions here at UCAN, and I was like, man, I'm ready to just um, just go in on them and, and go hard at them. And he was like, you know, you, are you taking this personal? And I was like, hell yeah, I go, I am. I go, because, you know, we, we have this, we should be getting it done. And um, I, I was assuming, you know, that, that my passion, my commitment, my dedication, um, and, and how it's helping our agency, that others had the same. And um, he said to me, you know, you should, you should always keep in mind that people are who they are, um, people are where they are, and people know what they know. And he goes, you know what this does for you is this offers you an opportunity um, to help them grow as professionals. So uh, it took a while for me to, um, <laughs> to understand that and to embrace it um, because uh, I know that I have to be a, a disruptor at times um, in the change process. Um, but the, that mistake um, has a, allowed me um, to change some of my approach to leadership in, in this space. Outstanding. Claude, you were an absolutely wonderful guest today. That's Absolute. unfortunately all we have time for. We want to thank the folks who tuned in, and also thanks to our special uh, friend, Andre Howard, and our special guests, Claude Robinson. Please join us again next time when we offer another edition of Leadership Matters. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thank you.